Welcome to the Painters Today podcast, a series of one-to-one interviews with contemporary British artists hosted by Lucy Cox. If you enjoy this series, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean or your favourite podcast provider and consider following me at 23carousels on Twitter and Instagram. You can also contact me via email painterstoday at outlook.com. Episode 15 is titled Notes to Myself and features Keith Murdoch. Born in Liverpool in 1972, Keith studied art and design at City College Liverpool between 1991 and 92, fine art at University of Central Lancashire between 1992 and 95, and multimedia art at Liverpool John Moores University in 2003. He now lives and works on the outskirts of Newcastle in the northeast of England, on the edge of the North Sea. We discuss the power of the North Sea landscape, recent and long-term memory, Turner, Rowdy Kaiser, the relationship between working in the studio and outdoors, translating feelings and experiences into painting, what it means to capture the thingness of nature, the ability to finally enjoy Picasso's paintings, and the importance of having go-to artists during times of doubt. You can follow Keith on Instagram, keithmurdoch.art. this morning this morning I've been picking you up yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you've been getting ready the studio ready and and yeah doing the paintings. Well, the, the studio pretty much is it is as it is yeah always I just uh, left it I, I try to be quite neat mm-hmm. um, doesn't always work out but you know I, I like mm. to be able to move around the space and have enough space around what I'm working on so I can actually see it properly you know without everything being cluttered yeah so what you see, actually, I haven't put any effort into. Yeah. So don't mm. you know? Don't know if you take that personally, but yeah. But no effort oh. whatsoever. <laughs> and and these two rooms were actually separate, weren't they? And then they yes. knocked the wall through and made like a giant studio. Yeah, because it was uh, it was too small initially. I could I could work small, which I work small anyway, and I quite mm. like that. But uh, I couldn't work any bigger than that ten by eight that I was working on. Because if you tried to work bigger, it's just you haven't got room to look at it. Which is why I had a studio in colour codes. Um, for the bigger stuff but because I wasn't able to get there very often really mm, once mm. a week at best um, I'd turn up at Colour Coach Studio to look at this big stuff and wonder what I was thinking when I made the, you know, the last mark yeah. on the painting you've got no continuity so the decision was made mm. that's my wife you know because it's important <laughs> and uh, we decided it was okay we, we had the spare room that we weren't using so we knocked it through which was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be um, but we did it and it's now it's a really nice size studio and I can work on what I've been working on lately this sort of like 80 by 100 kind of size which compared to the 10 by 8 is, is you know it's quite a big um, movement in scale to try and you know reinterpret everything you do just sort of up to that scale but because I can do it consistently day after day um, that's bearing fruit, you know. I'm really encouraged. Mm. So it's been a good move. It's hard work, but mm. you know, it's been a good move. And of course, you're closer to the landscape, aren't you? And, and yeah. that's informed a lot of your yeah. Lot well, of your practice. where we're living here, as you saw on the way in, mm. is mm. right on the on the edge of the coast. Uh, and if you just go to the top of our street that you you saw, um, you can go under that little railway thing. There's like a little tunnel. One minute from door to. to coast mm. you just walk and you're there and it's 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 amazing it really is it's 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 such an untamed coastline that you you, you stand there in awe sometimes mm. you know mm. depending on the weather 
so um, I try to get that into the paintings if I can yeah yeah so a lot of your current practice is about this particular yeah spot essentially yeah yeah and it's it's trying to try to work out how because you have an experience when you go out there you experience something and you don't know what that is you know but how do you translate this feeling and this experience into paint in the studio you know make paintings from it and um, I don't know <laughs> but I keep trying you know mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing I'm trying and um, part of that practice has been um, to make studies in in situ uh, mostly acrylic on little little uh, watercolor pads because um, there's nice slipperiness to the watercolor um, paper that I quite like for the acrylic and um, which allows me to really spend time in the environment because rather than just stand there or take mm. a snap photograph which doesn't actually gives, gives me nothing at all when I take a snap I don't even remember what I was looking at but to actually spend time in the environment while making these studies which have become simpler and simpler over time I'm really just you know trying to nail one simple sort of you know set of either colours or movement or whatever each time um, that cements the memory of the experience better than like I say if I just took a photograph or just tried to remember you know with no other sort of thing so that they then feed into the studio um, those small things I don't even necessarily refer to them but just the, the activity of making them feeds the studio work you know so mm. they try and try and drag that experience and, mm. Yeah, stick it on a canvas. Mm. So being out in situ and then coming back to the studio and painting from those studies, that those two experiences aren't, um, they're not separate, they, they kind of... Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, it's important. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, I've, I've been doing that. I've been going out, well, I've been going out painting for ah, 20 odd years. Mm. You know, it's, it's something I've always done. But um, I've only really used it as, as a tool for the studio work for the last probably four or five years um, and it's a really useful tool but I think it's it's all it's almost I almost don't need to do it now I've got so used to the qualities I, I need from doing those outdoor paintings that I can almost drag the experiences from memory without going out quite so much because I used to go out daily to do that stuff and I found that I'm Actually, don't need, I can I can work in the studio now, and I can I can drag from experience better than I used to, and I don't necessarily need, you know, to go out so much. Mm. So, which mm. is a shame in a way, because uh, some of those are beautiful. You know, it's nice. It's a nice activity to just go out and do. Yes, yes. But unless I've got a reason for doing it, it's it's difficult to force. You know, so I have to sort of it has to be um, have to feel it. Mm. you know to be able to make something use I mean yeah you can you can do it as an activity but it'll never it, it, you don't get that that sense of um, I don't know what would you call it a, a kind of purposefulness you know with a, with a mark is imbued with absolute feeling and intent because you're really trying to capture something or trying to get something if you're just going out and do it as an activity you, you don't get that that sort of little energy mm. element I don't think maybe you know, yeah you know a viewer might think totally mm. different but mm. you know you have to do what you think is right mm. and uh, so that's mm. that's what I do <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of subject matter so what you're painting within the landscape is it like the windmills that are on the on the coast here or is no, it, or is it, it tends to be well, I mean the, the, when you look out to the North Sea what you see is sea mm. mostly mm. so a lot of the stuff that I've been doing the past couple of years has been just trying to how do you paint the sea? How do you paint the rawness of it, the um, epicness of it, the waves? You know, something as simple as ripples. How do you paint that? You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you paint ripples, it looks a bit illustrative, and you don't see ripples. You see, you experience them more than anything. You know, and you experience the waves, and you experience the wind in your hair, and you experience the smells, and all these things, which you, you're trying to work out how to make a painting for. So a lot of the work that I'm doing is how to, without drawing a ripple, how do I get the rippleness of ripple <laughs> into a painting without physically just, you know. Because if, well, well I've found if I've tried to be over graphic, I lose interest anyway and I don't, it's not giving me what I want. So I've tried to find other ways, which is, how do you describe that? I don't know. You, 
smear paint around, play around with colour, play around with um, layers of tone to try and get that depth of the sea and then play around with um, the odd de decisive sort of mark, you know, which usually comes out of sitting around doing nothing for a week and tearing your hair out and then thinking, <laughs> I know what I need, <laughs> bang, and then you put that mark in and it's it's loaded with, with intent and, you know, decision. Um, and that helps. I mean, it's really, it's, it's that whole idea of waiting for inspiration, isn't it? Really, has to has to find you working. So yeah. You, you keep chipping away, and when when the moment's right, you, you're there, ready to pounce and mm. make it. A lot of my work, I feel, is like that, you know. Which is why most of the time I'm despondent because it's you know how am I ever going to do that again? Mm. And then a couple of weeks later, it happens again. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. Off you go, and in the meantime, yeah. you've made a load of foundations yeah. ready for that to happen. Exactly, yeah. So. And there's no point in just painting, um, you know, autonomously. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, not, then, yeah, then not for me. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've tried that, you know. Yeah, I mean, as, yeah. As, as I've been doing this for a while now, and you've, you, while you're learning to, or while you're trying to discover who you are, mm. you try all kinds of different ways. And I've, I've, I've tried the um, painting by rote almost, um, sort of approach you know like setting up a load of still lives and just painting them up to learn the craft and just to be productive because you feel a need to be productive otherwise yes. I'm not an artist you know I'm not making stuff yes, I'm not an artist yes, you, you yes. start to feel like a fraud uh -uh. but um it's always what you end up with is a lot of nice paintings but ones that I've got no feeling for whatsoever I don't care about and I don't particularly want to show because they're, they're not who I am so um so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I say, I don't wait for the inspiration, but I do, you know, I work and make foundations, the best way of describing it, ready for when, when I feel like I really know what I'm, you know, what I want or what, you know, so suddenly you'll, you'll think, I understand what I've experienced when I was in the landscape or what it was that really excited me about a particular landscape. And you think, and I know how to do it, <laughs> and you do it, mm. and it's there. And then, like I say, you, you hope that the next time that little spark happens, mm. won't be too far away. Mm. But you keep keep chipping away. Yeah, that's good. And, and those foundations that you were talking about, what are you working on in the studio now? Like, how, what have you? Yeah, well, you the moment I'm, I'm, I've gone back to because I've, I've last few months I've, um, I've sort of come a little bit inland from. The sea and I've been working. I've been obsessed with like puddles. There's a puddle in a field, right in <laughs> in a place called Ashington, right. And I drive past it. You can't stop because it's like a fast road. You could, so I have to sort of just remember it every time. I can't even make a study. So and I'm just fascinated with puddle in a field. It's something I've tried to paint for, for well. I said I've been focused on it for months, but it's even it's, it's a similar thing that I've encountered a few times over the last few years. And I've tried to paint it a few times. So. And I've, you know, with little or no success, but um, I've sort of since then gone back to the waves, mm. <laughs> I've gone back to the sea, mm. given the puddles a rest. Uh, I think pool, which I've got on the website, that, that is sort of the, the sort of almost the, the punctuation point of that, that endeavour for the time being until I revisit it. Um, so I've gone back to painting the sea again and fo refocusing on the sea. And again, trying to describe, how do you describe a wave? You know, it's really difficult. But also this is coinciding with me up in the scale a little bit as well. So the that yellow one behind you, if, I know people can't see it, but there's a yellow one there. And that's um, me trying to, you know, trying to really drag out the waveness of a wave. So mm. we've, had the, we've had the rippleness of a ripple. <laughs> we'll get onto the treeness of a tree later on maybe. But the, you know, how do you describe a wave? It's difficult, you know, it's really difficult. So I'm just doing this really obvious sort of U-shape um, sort of marks, but I'm quite deliberate because I'm up in the scale. You can't just use this calligraphic flick of the wrist on, you know, on a larger scale. So I'm also trying to translate that idea of waveness into a, a, a very deliberate mark. Mm. Um, and also revisit colour a bit, because I think I've, I've lost the past sort of few months, I've, I've lost that um, energy of colour that you know I used to really enjoy, um, so I'm trying to sort of reintroduce 
you know, really think a little bit more about the colour I'm using as well, rather than concentrating on the, the shapes and the mm. gestures and all that sort of thing. So, um, so I've got that that sort of yellowish thing, which is it's in a it's in a kind of limbo state between me hating it and absolutely loving it. <laughs> so, um, and I, I, the things that I hate about it is what makes me love it, and it's because it's a little bit awkward. Um, there's a, the underpainting isn't quite sort of blocked out in areas that I would want it to be, and it's it leaves me feeling a bit tense. Which it, a lot of the qualities that I really want to get into my paintings anyway. I want people to feel a little bit uneasy and a little bit, you know, the the composition's a little bit off, and the, it's. Um, so I think it might actually be done because it's really irritating me. Mm. So what what do you hate about about the painting? Is is it just it's, like the composition? Because it's really awkward. Yeah, yeah it feels really, really awkward. awkward, and mm. it's um, like I say there's sort of, sort of blemishes. Which is part of what I do with this overworking and the foundation building mm. and the changing of ideas of how to do things. You end up with this kind of, you know, palimpsest, which is a, a buzzword of a few years ago, of um, where you see the ghost of, a, of an earlier image, which I quite like that. Mm. I quite like it. it gives it an, an energy to the surface. Mm. Um, but that is, in one aspect, is possibly coming through a bit much. Um, I didn't control it properly, which is not a controllable thing. But you know, you have a, you develop skills, and you, you you feel you can control certain aspects of randomness, um, and also the way I've I've I started blocking out some of the wave shapes, um, which I quite enjoyed. But because I wasn't intending to do what I've ended up doing, um, I didn't stop where I would have done if I was making a pretty picture. Mm, you know, yes, so it's, yes. it's it's things like that. But then I really like that. It's mm. that it's not right. Mm. You know, it's, mm. but you have to. I probably have to turn to the wall actually because it's one of those that you get excited about and show everybody and say, ah, "I just made this," and then a few months later <laughs> you think, "Oh God, I better delete that. <laughs> delete all those Instagram posts of things I've been excited about." <laughs> And capturing uh, the thingness of you know of a, of a wave, for example. Of things, yeah. yeah, the thingness. Do you think that that's been captured through like the gestural mark of the the U, or maybe well, the... there's something there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's the, probably a million and one ways of mm. you know trying to get this, and when I've exhausted this, I'll probably try and find another way. But I, at the moment, this is it's working for me, and you know I'll I'll keep with it. Um, I mean, there's a small one just next to it, which has got the pink sort of ways which is more that's more calligraphic um, and more busy which again kind of works right I actually don't think even that it probably looks more wave like but I don't think it works as well for me whatever you know the twisted things that goes in an artist's head it doesn't work as well for me as the um, these very deliberate you know just three U's in a row kind of thing is that's doing it for me at the moment you know that's it's it's suggesting that I'm uh, I'm making strides towards something. Do you, I mean, th that large yellow painting does look quite simplified. Like yeah. it looks more abstract than a lot of the smaller ones. Yes. Do you think that that will become more and more simple? That your practice will become more and more simplified? I think so. It's, well, it's it's sort of echoing how you know the outdoor paintings were going. The little acrylics yeah. that I was doing, yeah. they mm -hmm. became very, very. I mean, to the point that I did a series of those, which were just monochromes. You know, which. I never understood artists making monochromes until then. You know, mm. I used to like them, like Bryce Marden, I think, did some, and um, Gunter Fogg did some monochromes. And I thought, oh, you know, quite like them, but I never really understood why they did them or how they could possibly think they can get away with it, even. You know, like, yeah. you just made, you're just making a colour. But there I was, you know, making it myself, and suddenly I get it, you know, and it makes sense to you. Mm. You do it, and it's right. And I didn't quite follow that through to the studio. I did some sort of smaller paintings, monochrome, but ultimately I wanted to feed in detail into, you know, a little bit, some kind of mark, something. But um, but yeah, I mean, I can imagine if from, because now, now I have this studio and I can work on the bigger stuff day after day, I think it, they will simplify, you know, mm. and become more minimal. Yeah, and maybe become more about the, like the mark making. Mm. If you think about, um, de Kooning's paintings, mm -hmm. um, you know, or Jackson Pollock, so it, it becomes maybe maybe less about the landscape, yeah. or and, yeah, and I, I think yeah, definitely more, more about the you know the physicality of the, the paint the, and the landscape. Any, anything that inspires me to make mm. paintings is really there 
to allow me to make paintings you know mm. so ultimately there comes a point where the the inspiration stops and the painting carries on I think you know you, you start making painterly decisions rather than landscape or seascape decisions mm. you know that sort yeah. of thing so yeah yes. I mean, definitely that that will happen mm. and you know probably it might go simpler and simpler and simpler and then I'll tear my hair out again and start feeding yeah. detail back in so it'll probably yeah. have you know mm. every few years we'll probably just see this repeated sort of what do you call it roundabout yeah so it's yeah. almost like a feedback loop yeah so yeah. you but each time it'll hopefully something will be yeah. closer to the mm. truth than yeah. than the last time you know yeah. which is what happens I mean it, it, it's often I find you will I'll make a painting that I've made before but when I made it before I probably destroyed it and it wasn't the right time or wasn't the right place eventually I will make that painting and it'll stick and you find that that can go years and you make the same painting that you made you know a few years ago and it's it's really interesting and so but some sometimes it's impossible and I, I paint it out and it goes <laughs> and then a couple of years later I'll I'll try again you know and I'll find myself making the same painting again so uh, it's all cyclic mm. cyclic that's a word isn't it and that idea of capturing the thingness of something whether it's an emotion of a wave or mm. um, or or a mark of a tree that's always been present throughout your practice yeah yeah because it's I just find it fascinating I mean the tree I think I, I might have even tried a blog post about the tree thing the treeness of trees or something I, I'm sure I tried to write something about it and it didn't come out very well mm. but I, I really did it for my own you know personal sort of account of remembering what I was on about because um, there is a tree well, there's a painting I used to try and do all that, which was a tree in a field. And you think, well, what, you know, what can possibly be interesting? This tree in a field, why am I obsessed by this thing? And if you take a photograph, well, my kind of photograph, which is a snap, you know, not, not like a developed thing, it's, there's nothing there. So it's, there's something about the experience of this tree in a field, and it's just a tree. And it's, it's a field and it's a sky and that's it. And there's nothing, well, what is it? So a lot of the painting, I mean, I don't, know, I don't have an answer, but a lot of the painting is to, to get the treeness of that tree. What is it really interesting? What is it that makes that really interesting and special? So if I can make paintings that give you that sense of special, you know, that I'm feeling for that tree, you know, for mm. instance, then halfway there, you know. But then that changes daily, mm. <laughs> you know. And if you make it, you make that perfect painting. The next day, it's not in. It's not perfect. So you try again. Mm. And there was that lovely quote I saw on your blog. Um, I can't remember the. Um, was it was it from a blog post by Artsy? Yes. Um, yes. And it was and this blog post that you reposted. Yeah. Um, the, the quote was about color and trying to capture emotion through color. Um, it was, was it all about the line? It was um, uh, the ability of simple gestures to communicate yeah, strong emotion, yeah, which I, I and, yeah. interpreted as a line. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Raoul, it was a artsy. I mean, these these websites they, they tend to have quite glib little you know write ups about artists, and you know they try to think of something impressive to make you know <laughs> justify them. But that I thought that was spot on about Raoul de Kaiser. It yeah. was about, mm. and I thought that was absolutely perfect for for describing him, and. I really identified it, absolutely identified with it, you know, and to try and, like I say, this, what, what he managed to do, because his, his work is, I think it's very much a painter's painter, you know, I think you, it can, his work would be interpreted as naff, and even, and uh, is it Lauren Monk who does the, the YouTube things, he, he um, did like a video walkthrough of one of his shows, and he, from, from the right perspective, from a very warm perspective he described them as crappy little paintings uh, and I knew what he meant and he meant it in a positive sense but you know to, to the uninitiated I think they can come across as quite um, you know rubbish but they're not they're beautiful and it takes a lot of skill to what he does but one of the things that he really does manage to do is get so much emotion and energy in a single line you know if, if you, you can you can have a bare canvas draw a line and it's, it's loaded it's absolutely loaded and I think, well, if I, you know, if I can make lines with that amount of energy and purposefulness, mm. <laughs> purposefulness, mm. I'd be, oh, I'd be so happy. 
And I, I sometimes I feel that it, it almost happens, which is, you know, those moments where you really, really feel like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Which they are few and far between, but you know, you, you think, right, I just, I really know what to do now. And you make this mark and it's, it is loaded, absolutely mm. loaded with emotion. Maybe you need to work even larger. Possibly. Because a yeah. lot of your work is very small and I know yeah. that this yellow painting is quite big for you, but maybe you need to go yeah. Much I'd have larger. to knock another room through though for that. I? I'd have to... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's baby steps, really. I mean, I've I've gotten so used to almost I wouldn't say comfortable, but I am mm. I enjoy the small scale and um, and I think from you know I, I, I studied art in the '90s when there was a lot of pressure really to work big. You know, if you work big, landscape's a dirty word. You know, so you couldn't do landscape it had to be sort of like social political or you know loaded with whatever I don't know so it's it's took, it took a while for me to actually justify to myself because you end up with you know, carry all this baggage around from a few you know wrong words said to you by a tutor you know sort of in your 20s and you sort of carry that around for years and it takes a long time to sort of go right I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I want so to actually be comfortable painting small I'm, I think it's quite a big thing for me so I'm, and I'm pleased that I've, I've, you know, the past few years, that's what I've been doing. But there is, I think the way that I'm working now often demands, you know, like a larger scale. I mean, and sometimes a, re a really big scale. But as long as I do it on my terms, I'm, you know, mm. I'll do anything. But I, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. I mean, I'd like to I'd get my head round working on this scale anyway, which is still quite big for me. But yeah, definitely, you know, go... Uh, bigger again probably four mm. times that size which I couldn't get out the door but I do them on panels but actually I probably would just put panels together so they would mm. got to be transportable mm. <laughs> <laughs> got to get them in a car haven't you you, can't, you know and, and you went to art school in the 90s yeah. um, how has your how has your painting like evolved since then were you always like immersed in your surroundings um, um, no well when I was at art school I knew nothing about art like a lot of students I knew, well, I felt I knew nothing about art, um, and I certainly knew nothing about the modern world of art at the time. I didn't know what painting was, what it could be, you know, that sort of thing. So I was um, just you know, responding to briefs and trying to fit in and do the right thing, which is, yeah, it's a death sentence, <laughs> you know, if, if you'd really take that approach. But I didn't know any, anything different. So I was doing very figurative, at large, you know, like five foot square large, uh, figurative, um, socio-political stuff about the Gulf War and all, mm. all these things mm. which I got mm. really you know mm. quite positive things for so you know I was towing the line and I'm doing the right thing yeah but I wasn't really into it you know but I'd, I'd say landscape was discouraged and I'd always been I don't I mean my favorite artist was was Turner you know when that Turner mm. who got me yeah. into painting mm. landscape artist mm -hmm. and Thomas Gerton who sort of died young but you know mm. the, the watercolors he was doing before he died at 27 in you know 18 what 1802 I think so you died were it's like a modern abstract painting you know you'd gone so simple with these in situ watercolors that he was making I thought he was a genius you know mm. but then he died and Turner sort of carried on and became he's, what Turner would do at the end of his life I felt Gerton was practically doing at 27 but um you know so that, they were my influences they were you know landscape and it was about painting it was about emotion and the whole thing but I was too young and stupid to recognize the importance of that mm, then mm. so you know I was trying to fit in and do this and that. I probably lost a bit of time um, you know going down that route but uh, but you know I got here eventually so I'm, I'm happy with that I think when, once I finished my degree uh, I met a guy in Liverpool we set up a gallery together and he used to go out painting a lot so I'd, I'd go with him, you know, and um, and he'd, but he'd really go go for it, you know, he'd sort of he'd put all the stuff on the ground and spread out and he'd use acrylics and he'd, I'd like, wow, you know, it's, it's not just sitting there with a little watercolour notebook, you know, this is proper, you know, getting to it. So I started mimicking him almost, you know, mimicking his approach. And um, that's when I really got a taste for just working from the landscape, working from, um, there was a, a uh, place called Calderstones Park had an old English garden. There was a little old garden I used to 
you know, maintain it. And if you went around May, June, it's just an explosion of colour. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. So you don't need to think, you know, you just sit down your paint and you end up making by default these beautiful, you know, vibrant, colourful paintings. So that's got me a taste for colour and a taste for working from the landscape. Um, and I've, like I say, I tried, I tried sort of working that into the studio, but I never, I never really quite until, like I say, recently, never really quite combined the outdoor stuff with the with the indoor with the studio painting. I tried and I wasn't quite getting it, but um, like I say, I, I think I think I've got here eventually. Mm, yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's you know something's happening now. That's good. And you you mentioned uh, landscape painting. Um, and in the 90s when you were at art school how it was like frowned frowned upon yeah well it was like, I went to Preston yeah. I mean I don't know yeah. had I gone somewhere else it might mm. have been different but it was yeah. yeah they were definitely wanted you to have um more I don't think they think you, you could think you know if you couldn't um justify landscape painting in a in a in an era when I don't know actually actually thought of the right thing should have wrote it down shouldn't I, I thought of the right thing <laughs> what I meant by this but your work had to be ideas based, you mm, know. Yeah. And landscape wasn't really considered unless you could sort of bring some kind of earth shattering idea along with your landscape. It was sort of frowned upon, which is why I ended up doing the, you know, sort of politically stuff. Which was mostly because I ended up painting. I, I like painting flags, you know, I like the patterns of flags which you can put into your political painting. So that was the main reason for it. And I quite mm. enjoyed painting figures. Yeah. So you know. There was no real ideas there. I just thought, well, it's an excuse to try and paint what I want while fitting in. Um, but yeah, it's you know that was just the way it was. I say I think a lot of course I think a lot of students generally don't enjoy. <laughs> ultimately, they don't really enjoy the you know the degree courses. But it it sets you up for something. You know, mm. it gives you some quality that yes. you know. I mean, mm. I'm still here. What twenty five years later, still doing mm. it. So. Couldn't have been all bad, could it? it? Must have done something right. Do you think that you did learn anything from that time, like except for? I think uh, you know what. I, I always used to even just when I finished, I'd, I'd say I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd always recommend people go and do a degree. So I don't. Mm. I, I must have really got something out of it. I, mean, I think just spending three years thinking, you know, making and thinking. Even I mean, all the negativity, it's still something to respond to. You know, and it really, if you if you don't like it, well, why don't you like it? And then you can find out about who you are better, perhaps, if you've had a bad experience. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I was I always sort of, I'd always sort of moan about, you know, didn't like this, didn't like that, didn't like the, the way certain tutors treated you about certain things and the, the marking, the modular system and the marking yes, system and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think I suited that. I think I'd have just the, the immediate previous generation of art students had a less modular system. It was a lot more free, wasn't it? Yeah, like you could just you, come into the studio and I th just I think like I paint, might have yeah. got more out of that, you know, mm. so things have changed a little bit, possibly not for my benefit. Mm. But you don't know any different, you just do it. You, you just and think, well, hmm, didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, do, you get something out of it and you meet people. The thing is, all the students felt the same. That was what was that's bizarre, you know, you go through this you know there's three years together so you're all kind of moaning about the same things so kind of indicated in your thoughts um, but uh, I mean for the first six months after my degree I didn't paint at all I wanted, I wanted nothing to do with it and then it calls you back you know mm. and you start doing it again and uh, yeah so I'm still doing it so yeah they must have done something right mm. some somehow I don't know. And have you always worked in series, or do you tend to work like? Are your paintings kind of separate from each other? They, kind. Of, I mean, they're related because. Well, one, I'm making them. Um, mm. They're related because they are. Or I mean, for, I say the past few years they've been all about my experiences, whatever that might be, but the experience of the landscape. So in that sense, it's one big series. Um, I will get obsessed or I'll focus on a certain aspect every so often, like, a, you know, a tree in a field, I'll make a few of them mm. to try and figure out why uh, at the moment I'm doing the waves and I will keep revisiting that. So there, you get mini series within, you know, a larger, generally mm. connected evolution of 
Um, but I, yeah, because I've always tried to, I've tried to work in series because that's what you take from your degree, you know. You, yeah. You establish an idea and mm, you mm. work through, you know, you make sketches and you do this and that. Because I was never a sketch maker. I, was, I was yeah. never used sketchbooks or anything like that. Um, so, of course, I was, you know, how, how can you work out whether I'm any good or not if I don't have sketches to show, you know. Yeah. So, um, but I never did. But you, you come out with this kind of idea, well, I need to make this. I need to paint big. I need to make... Uh, a series of paintings. If I make one, then I need to make you know a yes. few yeah, a f yeah. to support the idea. Uh -huh. Otherwise, it's just a flash in the pan. <laughs> and I and I made loads of one paintings, you know, which which were great. And then I try and follow them up, and then I'm then just forcing it. I'm illustrating the idea rather than having you know the emotion of the idea because I tend to just split. You know, the idea will be splitted out on the the one painting. Mm. And then I'm empty. Yeah. You know, so mm. it's that all. So, um, yeah, so I used to try and do more of them, but they, they, I always felt that they were pale, they were illustrations of the idea rather than, there was no real emotion in them. They were nice paintings, but, you know, not, not what I wanted. So I don't, um, I don't even think about series anymore. I just do, I just make. Mm. And, yeah. Ironically or otherwise, they, yeah. I've ended up with a series of yeah. paintings. And and I think a lot of the time there is a common thread within the paintings anyway, aren't there? Yeah. Like here, yeah. you've got the waves, um, and these ones behind us here. That there there are some yeah. similarities. They're, they're the cardboard ones. The, yeah, the, these they're, are the they're, studies. They're, yeah, they're proper. Um, I mean, my, my idea for painting small initially was that I could not be too precious because I buy cheap canvases mm. the cheapest I can get I'll mm. buy them in job lots of 50 or whatever to you know so that I'm not precious but I find myself becoming precious anyway because I've got this sort of old school thinking that canvas is precious so I've started using cardboard which is really I mean that costs absolutely nothing so I cut out bits of cardboard and work on that so they don't have to be precious so any idea any any idea at all if I just want to make a red line on a piece of cardboard, I do it because I want to see what it looks like. I want to see how it feels. I want to, I want to live that experience of making it without thought of exhibiting or you know being judged by it. Um, but even then, sometimes on the cardboard, if it's if something's happened, then I'll start to become a little bit precious. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I really, really I've got. Well, you can see them all here. There's like, oh yes, yeah. I've got hundreds of mm -hmm. of the cardboard paintings. Mm. Um, because I can be absolutely free. And it's a good way of using up paint, you know. I don't like to waste. Mm, and cardboard too. <laughs> and cardboard, yeah, because you get, well, everything comes Recycling. in boxes, you know. We're all on the, living on an online kind mm. of thing. So we order anything, you get a lovely box. Yeah. So yeah. chop them up, it's, mm -mm. it's all fodder. Do you ever revisit the, uh, the cardboard studies, maybe pull them out mm. and then? Yeah, because I forget about them, because yeah. they're so transitory. I, I do, I absolutely forget about them. So I'll go through them, as I do with the outdoor sketches every so often, because like I said, I don't, I don't work from them particularly. I sort of, I work from the memory of making them, you know, those little acrylics I do outdoors. But every so often, because there's a, there's a drawer here, <laughs> uh, full, all of those. There's about 200 of those in that drawer. Mm. And sometimes I'll flick through those and some of them are great, you know. <laughs> it's like mm. you're really impressed with your own work yeah. because you, someone else might have well have done them because mm. it's so long since you've seen them. Yeah. You say, oh, these are amazing, and they can feed it. They can just remind you of you know where you want to be. Yeah, you know, it kind the of tri painting. triggers the memory yeah. of you know of the place. Yeah, so you were you were onto something here. You know, we're trying to go back and do that. So yeah, and that happens with the cardboard stuff as mm. well. I mean, some of them are just slight; they're just lines. I don't, know, I don't know if these are blank ones or not. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's me pool. <laughs> it's me puddle in a field, look. Oh, puddle in the field, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what were you trying to capture with the puddle in, in a field? Like, what kind of it's, thing it's, did you want to... There's a, there's a joy... Um, something so right about it. I mean, probably the green of the green and the the reflection of the sky in the puddle. There's, there's something joyful when I've, I, I drive past at 60 miles an hour, this, this puddle. <laughs> And I'm, 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 I'm not so much obsessed, but I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. And I, I want to, you know, I want to make a painting that gives you the joy that I'm getting when I look at that puddle mm. in the field. Mm. So, and I keep trying, and I haven't got there yet, but I've, you know, 
I've had a few near misses with the paintings, which you know, um, I say some of the some of the cardboardy ones get it a little bit. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I th the fundamental the problem is I don't know what I like about these things that inspire me. So it's a, you know the struggle is working out what it is that interests me and then making it you know, yeah and, and getting you that sense of yeah, what's interesting me i was going to ask you like what what is it about the about the northeast landscape like around here especially yeah. that that really you know attracts you like you know what, what are you drawn yeah. to i think it's the rawness it's mm. really raw it's really unspoiled especially this i mean we're up sort of past Blythe way yeah. so you're on the northumberland coast mm. and and i was i grew up in liverpool which is very it's a very industrialized coast around there so you either got sand dunes and flatness, or you've got built up, you know, fishing ports or major ports. So I, it was quite a revelation to come and see, you know, just walk up and here, have, have it absolutely on your doorstep. Even further down in Tynemouth and stuff like that, you know, which are built up little places, but the, the coast is still really unspoiled and quite, you know, aggressively sort of open. Um, yeah, it's that rawness, and you, you know, you're in front of this force. The North Sea is it's it's a force to be reckoned with, and um, it's there's genuine awe, <laughs> you mm, know, when you stood yeah. there. It's like, oh, my God, mm. this is amazing. Yeah. So, how do I paint that? Mm. You know, and if people stand in front of any of my paintings ever and go, my God, this is amazing, then I can just pack up. I'll be done. <laughs> Yeah, there's something um, quite invigorating about like wanting to live and mm. paint within like the wilderness yeah. or, or yeah. you know, or on the edge of land. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm with it being on my doorstep now. I mean, that was where we came. We lived up here, and um, well, moved specifically to the coast because I, I started painting up and down this coast, and we found these houses, um, little little Victorian houses, barely Victorian, but you know, little terraced houses, just three three streets on their own when you, you're driving along thinking there can't be anything down here and then there's these houses mm. and we thought wow we, we could actually have one of these and it is like I say one minute one minute and you stood on right on the edge of the North Sea you know it's um, and in order in a, for me to be able to just walk out the door and have my subject there mm. you know never I never thought I, I pinched myself mm, yeah. <laughs> never thought it'd ever happen mm. it's amazing and and that particular landscape never bores you and never like you no, never like you, no. you, you know you never feel unchallenged or no. I mean if, if I locked myself in the studio and tried to remember it I'd probably lose sight but because I can put my head out the window or mm. you know just walk out and it, you're reminded immediately why you know yeah. this is interesting yeah. for me anyway like sometimes I'll think of you know, that tree in the field and, yeah. and spend a bit of time on that yeah, but yeah. it's it doesn't take much just to to get back to the sea I mean it, sometimes I feel maybe I've exhausted for the time being what I can do with it because it's mm. it's a lot it's a challenge you know to, yeah. to interpret the thing yeah. and sometimes I just you know mm. it's not happening so I'll put my energies elsewhere mm. which is a little bit of respite and then yeah it's, it's not long before I'm back mm. You know, like with the waves, you know, and back doing waves. It's uh, it's always there. And there was that one painting that you had in the Pride and Seabrook collections called Keyside. Yeah. Which I'm guessing by the title references, is it central Newcastle? No, that's further up the coast. Oh, right. It's, uh, it's a place called Amble. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was that was before I'd really discovered this, this part of the coast. Um, and I was painting um, things. I was being a little bit more descriptive possibly than I am now and then um, I, I became a little bit obsessed I tend to get obsessed with things actually you might have noticed yeah like, um, I was like obsessed with lobster pots because oh, you, right. you go around <laughs> these little villages and um, you know like little touristy villages but they're also working villages so you get these piles of lobster pots because they're actually going out you know catching whatever it is for the day but they're just there you know you're not cordoned off from anything as you, you tend to be in the bigger cities you know there's just little villages everything's there so um, I, saw, I painted quite a few um, sort of piles of lobster pots little you know stood. actually I think then I was still painting on little canvases it was before I started painting on the watercolour paper because I've got hundreds of them as well um, little canvases I was painting on um, but yeah, that, that, so that was that was trying to. It's probably one of the first paintings where I was trying to relate what I was doing outside mm -hmm. to 
in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just trying around. The, the colour was quite heightened then, which I quite enjoyed the colours I was using back then, which I think I lost a little bit in the past couple of years. I'm trying to get that back. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, it, it is actually lobster pots. Yeah. Which oh, is why right. it quite, quite looks graphic. Mm-hmm, but, um, mm-hmm. but it's trying to get that energy, you know, the bounce of the shapes and the energy and then the colours, you know, mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. giving a little bit of um, life to the, you know, to what was going on. Mm-hmm. The actual painting I did on the spot was quite good because they use all these coloured twines, to, you know, to reuse them. And when they break, they just like put coloured twines around, all different, arbitrarily coloured because they don't, they're not trying to make something pretty. They just use the first thing to hand. So end up with these amazing colours around the, the edges of the lobster pot. So there's a real, you know, there's an energy just mm, just with this color, thing yeah. that's sat in the corner mm-hmm. has this energy to it. You yeah, know? yeah. So I was uh, I was trying to get a little bit of that into mm. the painting. But yeah, that was that. Yeah, but I was talking about these little canvases I used to do when I, when I first came up to Newcastle. I um, I had a rethink of where I was with my art. Generally, as you do new new town new life new new time and i'd ordered a load of these little same size as the little acrylics that i do um little canvases and i just started going out and just just painting no idea no um preconceived notion of what i was going to do i just go and paint and i ended up um, initially making relatively descriptive paintings quite colourful and joyful you know I was using acrylics quite pure so the, the colour was always quite heightened but I was um, over time over the next sort of 12 months or so I was becoming more and more interested in the tone and the textures and and then I was starting to discover the coast a little bit more you know and that's when I moved to the paper studies but they were these initial almost um, you know how would you describe them? There's a word in there somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> Pic- you know, picturesque little likeable paintings, you know, were, they were really important. I, I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't made these little sort of almost uh, Sunday painter kind of studies, for one of the better term, you know, these little things. But, um, that I like, oh yeah, so those the lobster pots were yeah. towards the end of that series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I painted series, but yeah. you know that yeah. series of canvases. Because mm. even changing medium almost punctuates at the end of mm. the kind of series before you start the next uh, sort of focus. Mm. And how has your practice evolved since Keyside? I mean, you're, you've you've returned to more like vibrant colour, I think. Yes. In, in your yeah, work, I'm, I'm trying to get that back in because I had, it had muted a bit while I was probably focusing on um, energy. Mm. You know, trying to get it, yeah, especially with the North Sea, it's it's all energy and mostly blue. You know, so yeah, <laughs> doesn't even though there is loads. When when I go out with and paint in acrylics with it though, I do. Um, there are, I, put, I use loads of magentas and green because if you just if you sit and look at the sea. Yeah, there's it bubbles yeah, there's up. More yeah, to it, you've of got yellows blue. and reds and magentas and all sorts coming up mm. and greens. Um, but in the in the studio, yeah, I was definitely muting down and focusing possibly more on the energy of the line and you know the, the surface, and not not embracing color because I, I do I love color. I mean, I think and if anything gives me joy, mm. you know, it's it's a nice poppy bit of color, you know, and a and a bit of paint. So yeah, I'm definitely. Um, so I've almost again, like I was saying, we come full circle all the time. You know that that Keyside painting was quite it's quite joyful colour wise, and I am sort of coming around in a big circle back to that. Only I'm, you know, hopefully a more evolved person. Mm. So mm. you know, we'll see where that mm. takes us. And which artists have continuously like inspired you? Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. you mentioned Turner. I mentioned Turner because I was because it's I mean it's interesting. I mean, I like loads of artists but can live without most of them <laughs> you know it's like you, you, you like them you enjoy them but if they didn't exist it wouldn't change your life uh, but Turner I think is one of those who really he got me into it you know he, he made me think yeah you could be a painter uh, I got excited by him and um, you know when you those first few delicate years of Ooh, what's the, what's this art thing all about you know he's he got me through and he also I think because of Maybe because of the enthusiasm I had for Turner, I actually read around him, so he 
you learn about his influences and people he's influenced. So you end up building a little bit of knowledge of art history and how painting has developed and mm-hmm. you know, that developed a kind of interest. So that, yeah. that whole just, just enjoying his paintings, mm-hmm. you know, got me into the whole art business yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, there's like Richard Diebenkorn I got when I was mm-hmm. in, in uni. I, I enjoyed him. Funnily enough, he's a landscape painter and his mm. work is, is about painting. It's not, you know, there's no uh, highfalutin ideas particularly. It's, you know, but he's a, he's a serious, beautiful, beautiful paint. And um, a beautiful colourist, mm. you know, as well, which I think that really appealed to me. And he's another one of those artists that just gives you an idea that you, you can do this, you know, you can be part of this, you know, because uh, some artists like Picasso, I love. I mean, I've always loved Picasso, but he eats you alive. I mean, if you if you try to be inspired by him, it's it's hopeless trying to compare yourself to Picasso. I think. You know? yes. Others have a different mm. opinion, but I yeah, I just yeah. find he'll eat you alive and spit you out. Mm. You, you can't. I mean, Hockney sort of. He did the only thing I think you can do with Picasso. He sort of copied him. <laughs> he sort of regurgitated Picasso ness and came out the other end, and I think he came out better for it. But you either make little Picassos or you give up. So I'd, I've tried not to um, let him influence me at all. And just think, the man's a genius. Let's let's put him to one side. So was he influential? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. It's, yeah, mm. I don't know. But um, but maybe yeah, it's painters that you can relate to more. Yeah. I mean, you say like Picasso was a genius, and he's and he's almost like the transcendent artist yes, but there are others like you were saying about Deep and Corn yeah, and so Deep and Corn is your, that, your job kind of artists. relatable yeah yeah very yeah. much so mm. um, and I like artists who well I mean Raoul de Kaiser we mentioned I yeah mean, he, but yeah he's, he's I have seen his paintings so they're, they're beautiful absolutely I went to a show in Edinburgh um, I think one of the last shows they had at Invalid House um, because I'd, I'd sort of liked him you know and I'd come across mm. him and I'd seen a few video online with Lauren Monk um, one of his shows in New York, and I'd had you know I'd got books on him. I think there's something special about this bloke. You know, he does these very slight, um, and and all his work is pretty much about his locality. He just does he does what he wants, which I really enjoy. Artists who just do what they want, <laughs> irrespective of what anyone thinks or does. Um, but the, I say there's a there's a real emotion. You get an emotion into a single line. It's it's hard to describe, but he he does it. Um, but you, you're never sure of an artist until you see them in real life, in the flesh. Mm. So luckily they had a show up in Edinburgh, which is just up the road. And I was blown away, absolutely thought this, this guy's the real deal, you know, in, in, in the flesh there's an, a presence to those works, which I hoped there would be, you know. So I'd, I'd really set myself up for a disappointment, but, uh, but it was all there and it's fantastic. So he's, he's been my... If ever I have a wobbly moment, you know, there's some artists you can go to. Um, he's definitely one. I can just flick through two seconds, flicking through a Raoul de Kaiser book, and I'm back painting again. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know why I'm doing it. Mm. You know, so is him. There's people like Gunther Fogg as well, who you don't hear much about. Well, he's died, which is probably why <laughs> you don't hear much about him these days. But he's someone who's reinvented himself a lot, and every time he reinvents himself, it's just as solid and beautiful as. You know the last series of stuff he does. I, I love artists like that, but like Mark Wallinger, he manages that in different mediums as well. Um, but I mean, there's, there's loads of art, loads of artists. Mm. Terry Winters, he's mm. oh yeah, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he's he's another one who can. Um, I think when I first encountered Terry Winters, I thought, well, the way he was painting, the sort of stuff he was doing in like the nineties, I thought, well, that's painting can't go any further than that. He's done it all. Why am I bothering? <laughs> but you know, I got out the other side of that, <laughs> and now I can enjoy them. You know, really mm. enjoy them because some, sometimes an artist can really screw you up. I don't know. I don't know if you ever have that, but mm. you come mm. across somebody just whatever you had at the time. You think they're doing it. Why, why am I doing it? No, mm. They're doing it better. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I can. It's, it's like yeah, some I have some go-to artists if I need a bit of encouragement. Mm. So I'd say he's one of them, but Raoul de Kaiser is mm. definitely. Yeah. I think that's like really good advice. You know, if you're ever feeling um, maybe anxious or maybe doubtful about yeah. your practice, painting practice, to have 
some artists that you can return to and yeah I'll say um, some, some of them are quite destructive see, like see Picasso progress. can be mm. actually he doesn't do it anymore actually mm. I, can, I can enjoy Picasso now. Yeah. but for a long time um, he was quite destructive if I, if I, you know if I look through Picasso I'd be like my god <laughs> and I'm, I'm just little me you know it's like but uh, mm. yeah I, I suppose it's I must be doing something right yeah. I, I must have found something of myself now that that doesn't yeah. happen anymore yeah you know and I can enjoy Picasso and it's probably because you're a little bit older as yeah, well absolutely. you know you're, yeah and I'm more secure in where I'm going I mean I'm yeah I tear my hair out every day but it's yeah it's, it's yeah. kind of on my terms now yes yeah you know so it's yeah it's something different there's been a shift somewhere mm. on the line mm. And I'm, I'm a lot mm. um, not happier with where mm. I'm going with well, I don't know that's how good. to get there but I'm happy with where I'm going mm, that's good yeah that's alright and I was going to ask you about Vincent van Gogh like yeah. do you think that he's played like in terms of colour and trying to capture the I'm a, the you know what? I'm, I'm a fan I'm a fan of mm. van Gogh um, I, I don't think he's had much influence. I, I used to look at him in books. He's one of those artists where, you know, I was saying about looking at work in the flesh. I used to look at books on Van Gogh and yeah, you know, he's okay. I quite liked his drawings. I thought mm. he was a beautiful drawer. Mm. Uh, and then I was wandering around the National Gallery one day and I came upon a Van Gogh. Mm. And it, the presence of that painting and the, the energy in every brushstroke. I mean, yes, still there's yeah. a palpable That's, energy. Mm-hmm in every brushstroke and I thought my god this this guy's the real deal you know he's, mm. he is something special mm. um, but beyond that actually in my own practice I wouldn't say that I've been particularly influenced I mean I, I watch films on him and enjoy them mm. you know, mm. the lust for life um, that's great I mean it's so hammy it's an awful hammy film but mm. It's about Van Gogh, and it's very Van Gogh-y, and that, yeah. and, and mm. it, you know, if I watch that, I think, yeah, mm. I'm gonna paint. I've just got actually. Mm. There's a new one. Julian Schnabel's just directed, um, At Eternity's Gate. Yeah, which is was that named after one of his paintings mm. or? Art, I'm not artworks. sure. Not sure. Mm-mm. You might know better. Mm. Um, well, I've just got it, but still in the cellophane. I need to watch it. Yeah, if you've yeah. got time, you can watch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I'm looking forward to that because that's yeah. um, you've got oh, what's who's it? Is it Willem Dafoe? Yes, and, yeah. Uh, just yeah. looking on the pictures, it's like he's he's an absolute cross between um, like Tim Roth, who, who's played Van Gogh on telly, and um, Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas, Kirk yeah. Douglas, if you, if yes. you sort of if you mash them together, <laughs> you sort of get Willem Dafoe. So it's yeah, like he's yeah. the perfect sort of yeah. Van Gogh. But I, I've not seen the film. It's supposed to be good. But, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. I'm going to give that a watch. Yeah, but yeah, that's interesting because mm. it's because um... I was thinking about the you know you were saying earlier about you wanted to capture the thingness of yes certain things whether yeah. it's the, you know you know wave on object or color and I think Vincent did did that in a yeah. lot of his artworks. You think about the sunflowers yeah. and how he captured you know the energy of you know of yeah, life. Yeah, and, and I totally agree with it. Yeah. And like I say, and you you only really get it when you see them in real life. I think because mm. they've been so over reproduced, you can. Um, you could always filter them out yeah you know, but yeah being exposed to them in the flesh yeah uh, they are amazing they're absolutely mm. he deserves to be up there you know yeah um, but it's the same looking at i think a lot of paintings like that painting keyside mm. which is in that catalogue you know the colors are just so different yes yeah to what they must be you know they they, they don't look as the, the, the poppier yeah yeah they, yeah, they don't look as more. vibrant in the catalogue no mm. no i think there's um, it might have been you sent me a photograph actually I should put it the photograph you, did you take one when you were out there somebody did um, I might I, I can't remember now yeah, it's, I might have it's done. a really nice photo that, that uh, really right, yeah. shows it off really mm-hmm. well so uh, maybe I should put that on the website and <laughs> yeah. people can go and have a look at it <laughs> but yeah no, that's all that's all good yeah, good thank you so much Keith oh, you're very welcome and, uh... wasn't as scary as I thought <laughs>